Hello, dear listener. Before the podcast starts, I thought I'd give you a little warning because James, who was doing the hosting, his internet was an absolute pain in the butt the entire time. Kept cutting him off. Then we couldn't hear what he was saying. And he's bought a new microphone that isn't very good. Uh, sorry for listening to this, James. So, uh, yeah, be prepared for that. And then he ends up disappearing with about half an hour to go because his internet completely died. Nothing we can do about it, but um, here it is. Have fun. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your favourite podcast, As you can see from the screen in front of you, we have a smorgasbord of saucy characters for your perusal this evening. So let's go around the room and introduce to my right or left, depending on where the screen is, big bearded fellow you all know by now. It's Danny. Danny, say hello to the folks. Hello, folks. How are you all? Hashtag save the cats. Hashtag save the cats. Directly beneath me is Nick. Nick, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. How are we after two weeks of no Arsenal? Of course, last, but by no means least whatsoever, it's Mark. That's Mark249, as he says on the screen. Mark, say hello to everybody. Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Good, good. It's very nice to see you, gentlemen. As Nick alluded to, it's nice to actually have something Arsenal-related to talk about, as in we've had a good two weeks of no football whatsoever, which you get to the extent now where it's almost like Arsenal haven't existed, isn't it? It's like Arsenal's... A vague figment of our imagination, this strange sort of sense in the background of something we once used to do. So tomorrow brings us back into football. We go and the, the boys travel away to Molyneux into a potentially tough fixture with war. So our first talking point of the evening is going to be that game. So I'm going to start with Nick. Nick, what are your thoughts on how that game's going to go? Well, I think Wolves have been tricky the last few years, not for just us, but like for a lot of sides. You know, they are half decent. I'm not. I'm not actually sure. Did old um, what was it? I'm on old oily arms. Did he actually go to Barcelona in the end? Yes, he's a Barcelona player. Shows how oh. far they've fallen when they're loaning Wolves players for six. <laughs> oh, they loaned him. They didn't pay for him either. No, they have loaned him. Oh, that's probably why they haven't got any money. But loaning all their players or telling them to put on their parts so they could get them on a free, but. Yeah, and plus also, what's his name up front? Jimenez, he hasn't really been the same player since, um, was it David Luiz who knocked him senseless a couple of years ago? It might have been. Yeah, I can actually remember, but it's, yeah, I think it, he had a in a way, it's a good thing because he was bloody formidable in his time. Yeah, he was. He hasn't really been the same player, so I don't think that's going to be, well, I say I don't think it's going to be too difficult, but Arsenal always find a way to Arsenal everything, I don't think. And that's the glorious thing about Arsenal, that you can guarantee that when things are going well, there's somehow going to be an Arsenal thing to make us more Arsenal than we usually are. Mark, what are your thoughts on how the game's going to go? Do you have any concerns, worries, anything along those lines? A bit, bit two minds, really. On one hand, I think I'm looking forward to it because I've just been starved with football for the last few weeks, so it'd be good to, be good to go actually go in tomorrow. Um, I, I think after the, uh, the rest they've had, they should be coming back refreshed. That game against Burnley, they all looked dead on their feet. But I think it might might be a bit flat because we didn't, we didn't end up getting a striker. And I just think it would have given everyone such a lift going into that game, uh, especially the other works of the way support. Just really get behind the team. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame. It is a shame. But hopefully we've got a team full of... Uh, New signings in terms of freshness, so we'll see how we go. If we if we can go if we can get an early goal, then I think we can we can win there quite easily. But if we start missing a few chances and we start getting on the players' backs and it gets a bit nasty because we haven't signed that strike and we do miss opportunities, then I think yeah, it could turn. So it's very much one of those when you look at the fixture. It is that Wolves away 
given that on their day they're capable of holding their own against anyone. That is a banana skin. It's bananas. You look at, um, as you said, Mark, I look at it from when I'm thinking about the game. I think, well, if the players have been away, they come back rested, they've got the right mentality, and Arteta has got them focused and ready to get stuck in for the rest of the season. And we turn up like we know we can, but I don't see any reason why we don't win that game. On paper, if both teams perform to the very pinnacle of their ability, then Arsenal would win nine times out of ten. I count the fact that Arsenal do have the better players. But you never know. I mean, we can play Man City off the park one week and then look like a bunch of dickheads against Nottingham Forest because that's what we do. And that's the um, the trouble with the youthful, inexperienced side that are just going to fluctuate from one extreme to the other. As Danny, you look, you're looking at the moment like someone's showing you a selection of nudie pictures of the screen and your expressions are going from one of bewilderment to enticement. So what are your thoughts on the game? Um, I'm actually, because I got up late, uh, I didn't get out of bed till about quarter past six p.m. I'm just doing the um, the the the, the, thumb, the thumbnails for the pod. Uh, my thoughts. I've just been looking at the our previous record. Uh, we lost against them two one last time away, and then we lost two one at home last time. Then we beat them two nil away. Then we drew one one at home. Then we lost three one away. Then we drew one one at home. So out of the last six games, we've won one and drawn two. Um, but I don't think these are the Wolves of old, where they were. They had someone like Traore, the Spanish Walcott, where he'd run at a thousand miles an hour and then actually have no end product. And hit the fucking corner flag. <laughs> and then that's uh, not just, fair on Theo because I mean credit where it's due. He was a he was a decent player for Arsenal. Oh, he's got a bit frustrating, but you know, you don't score a hundred goals for Arsenal. Yeah, I didn't say it was shit. I mean, it, it was uh, when he was. Far too often he'd run down. I mean, look at the number of games he played and the number of times that he'd actually have get the ball run down and then go, I can't remember what to do when I get down there. But score 100 goals, that's magnificent. He's still one of my favourite players. I love the bloke and I'm sad that he left and I'm sad that his career is over now that he's got no pace. His career ended two years ago when he got to about, what, 28, 29? He lost his Just pace. Like a bit part player at Southampton, which is kind of a sad way to end what was a pretty illustrious career. It is true. Anyway, with Wolves, I'm just looking at their goal scorers this season. Their top goal scorer in the league has got four goals. That's Raul Jimenez. And then their other one, um, He Chan, he's gone. Connor Cody is a defender with two. Um, Jao Mantino's got two. Thinking, well, they're not exactly a goal threat. And then when I was doing the show yesterday um, with uh, with Chris and, and Craig and, um, and James, they were saying about the uh, look at the league table. So, um, Wolves, if I look at the wide version, Wolves at home have conceded eight goals all season at home. They've played 10, won four, drawn two, lost four, scored eight, conceded eight. Now that is, apart from Man City and Liverpool, that's the best home record in the Premier League, along along with ours uh, for playing at home. But to only have scored eight, so I don't think there's going to be much goal threat from them. But it all depends, like um, I think uh, Mark was saying, which Arsenal turn up, whether we turn up and shit the bed or whether we turn up and actually play. But I think hopefully after this long break, and if Tommy Asu is fit and we don't have to rely on Cedric, it's going to be OK. We should beat them. If not, I think if Tommy Asu's not fit, it won't be Cedric. It'll be yeah. Ben White full back. Well, as long as it's not Suarez, because he's shown that he's... Um, he's a prick. Well, the prick's unfair. I don't know the man personally. But on, on the football pitch, he's a bit of an idiot. Prick would allude to his characteristics as a human being in general, not not just his abilities as a football player. Um, so my next question on the subject of the Wolves game, and I'm going to go the same way as I went before, 
is what do you think starting 11 will be? And more to the point, who would you pick? So, Nick, thoughts? Well, I think everyone, like if everyone was fit, we all know what the, who the goalkeeper in the back four is going to be, obviously. So, I mean, I'm not sure. I think Party's back. But I'm not sure about Shaka yet because I don't. I'm not sure because did he have two games suspended? So I, I can't because it's been so long. I, I can't you know what? I've completely forgotten as well. It could be. Yeah, Shaka yeah. is available. Shaka is available tomorrow. Shaka is available, so he must have missed. Uh, are you sure? Oh yeah, he missed the second. I, I know what I mean he missed the cup game and then the. Yeah, so him and I think Party should be back as well. So I think most people will say they're up front and. Um, I think that's just whether he plays Lacazette up front, you know, as a striker on his own, or plays him as like a false nine or number ten, and plays Enketia up front. Really, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't know if um, Lacazette and Eddie are going to be enough, you know, for the well, they've got to be enough for the rest of the season to get us the goals we need to try and get top four. I mean, it is hugely debatable, isn't it? I mean, you think what they've got a combined four or five league goals between them, if that. And what you can say what you want about Aubameyang, and you can say what you want about his dip in form, but one thing he could guarantee you if he was on fire, if he was playing well, or if the team provided, he would score. So you're looking at the rest of our season being something of a paucity of goals, unless the others from midfield are going to sort of chip in where they can, which is what you would hope would happen. We've got enough, you know, creativity and we've got enough players capable of finishing in the other areas that if you're going to employ Lacazette as the so-called, you know, false nine, as people refer to it, which is what I think we'll do, then I reckon we've got, we should be all right to get goals elsewhere. Mark, what do you think? What, what do you think? Who would you go with? Yeah, I think it'd be Ramsdale, Tommy Asufit, uh Gabriel, Tierney, Party, Jaka, Saka, Erdegaard, Smithrow and Lacazette, I think. Well, one of Smithrow and Mar- more Martelli. Probably Smithrow, I'd say. An interesting and then Martelli come on maybe through the middle for Lacazette later on in the game. <clears throat> I've got a sneaking suspicion. It could be, you know, me putting my faith in nothing at all. i got a sneaking suspicion that we haven't brought a striker in because he's going to experiment again with Martinelli down the middle, which... If you're bringing in Smith Rowe and at the expense of Lacazette, and for all the good work Lacazette does, and he does, credit where it's due, he doesn't really offer a goal threat. He doesn't have the pace to get in behind. He doesn't have the height to be a threat in the box. And whilst his link-up play is really good, that's not something he's particularly doing that close to the penalty area. Whereas I think if you put Martinelli there, somebody with pace, someone that's going to make the defenders second guess, someone that can play on their shoulder... And you've got the creativity of Smith Row wide and Sackle wide, and it makes us a much more of a goal threat. Um, if it were me picking the team, and it's not for the sake of all concerned, it's best that it isn't. Um, I would stick with, as you guys have said, the back five pretty much speaks for itself, assuming they're all fit. If they're not, if there's a problem with Tommy Yasu, then my preference would be to slip holding in next to Gabriel and put Ben White out to the fullback position. Jack and Partey in midfield. Um, then you've got, as I said, the other three, other four guys up front. Danny, I can see you're scratching your luxurious beard with what I can only assume is desire to speak on the matter. So yeah. shoot, shoot from there. Uh, interesting thing, I was listening to Charles Watts today, and he was saying that during the um, the press conference, Arteta said that we have three strikers: Lacazette, 
and Ketia, and then he didn't say what the third striker was because they was talking about in there because Aubameyang and um, when he went to Barcelona in the press conference said that Arteta was the problem, and then today, much like a scene at Terminator, Arteta said I wasn't the problem, I was the solution. <laughs> and you're thinking, wow, you don't want to bump into that bloke in a dark alley if he thinks he's the solution, which I think he was the solution to the problem, but. He said that this, we've got three strikers, so maybe he's thinking um, it's going to be Lacazette who's going to get do the main stuff, and then um, Martinelli can be one who can come and play up front because I think a load of us have seen enough in Martinelli to uh, think that he can do a job up front because he he can come in from either side, he can come in from the ten, and he can just play up front and score goals. And I was asking last night, I was saying as a as a defender. Who would you, out of all of our main strikers, if you could maybe include Pepe in that because he can play up front but isn't very good, out of all four of them, James, which one as a defender would you worry the most of them running at you with the ball? It's absolutely Martinelli. I mean, if it's like I said, you've got time to check your watch and have a cup of tea. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a bake well slice before he gets to you. Um, you can run backwards. You go, hey, you're right there, Laka. How are you doing? Hey. <laughs> Can I ask you, James, what do you think? Because um, about this time last year, obviously, Martinelli came back from his injury where he was out for almost a year. And we were all talking about and hearing rumours that Arteta wanted to convert him into a striker. And then it turns out for the rest of the season, he pretty much just left him on the bench and ignored him. What do you think's changed in the last 12 months? Do we think he is going to be a striker again? I don't know. He looks more physically the part now than he did this time last year. I don't think, for me personally, I've ever doubted that he has the attributes. It reminds me of that experiment we did with Alexis when we tried playing him through the middle. He's just like, he's quick, he's strong, he's a nuisance, he puts the work in, he's 100%, he likes the press, and he's a bloody good finisher. Those attributes in that compact depart package, nobody else in our front line has. And Ketia, for all, he's a, he's, a, he's a good poacher, but he doesn't have the abundance of abilities, whereas the other guys do. But Lacazette is a good hold-up there. And where it's due, you've got to give him uh, credit. He is a good natural finisher. But as Danny alluded to, if you if you were, guys look like a retired boy band. That's fair. Yeah, I'll take that. Shite Club 47. Fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, he is the one you would worry about the most. So, Mark, let's say, for example, for example, you were an away manager. Who would you worry about at most? It would be Martinelli, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I just think I just think rather than starting Martinelli, I think he's a, he'd be a good player to uh, to come on for, for Lacazette. And I just think that uh, Wolves can be quite physical as well. Uh, Lacazette can hold the ball up a little bit more and, uh, and involve, involve Saka and, uh, and maybe Smith-Rowe. Um, I think now that he has been given the captaincy, I think Lacazette's nailed on to start pretty much every game now to the end of the season, unless he's uh, unless he's not fit. So, Danny, well, I don't, did you pick your team? I can't remember. I got slightly sidetracked by reading the um, cruel boy band quotes from some of the people watching. <laughs> did I pick my team, did you say? Did you pick your potential team? Or did you uh, illuminate us with the kind of you know decisions that you would be a <clears throat> 
Um, I think I'm going to stick with what he's... Um, we've already seen continuity from Arteta. Where he's picking the same players in the same positions every game after the first two or well, a year and a half of his time there where he is um, chopping and changing all the time and we didn't know what um, formation he was going or, or was line up. But now we all know... I'm not going to list them because we all know who they are. And if Party's fit, it'll be Xhaka and Party in midfield. And we all know it's going to be um, Saka on the, on the right and then it'd be probably Martinelli on the left with um, Odegaard playing slightly deeper, I mean, slightly more forward. And then um, Lacazette as the, t- as, the, as the main striker. I think he's going to go with that for every game for the rest of the season unless uh, unless he um, takes Lacazette off, puts Martinelli up front and Martinelli scores three goals a game. I think that's the only way that he's going to go, maybe I should start Martinelli up front and uh, give Lacazette a rest because it's only a run of 17 games. But I, do, I did see that coming up soon, we have got a game on a Thursday and a game on a Saturday. We've got two games in three days, if people are trying to figure that out, because that is quite hard. That is uh, mathematics for you. And so I think times like that, you will see maybe Eddie start. Uh, I don't know what the obsession that Arteta has with Eddie. Eddie doesn't want to be there. Eddie's obviously going. Lacazette looks like he's going. There was rumours. I say rumours. I don't know anybody in football. But the papers were saying that Lacazette is looking at returning to Lyon because that'd be uh, he loved that club and he'll do wonders. I mean, he's only 31. He'll go there. And he'll bang 40 goals a season in the Farmers League. Um, he'll be ploughing up fields as he goes there. But it's just, it just is annoying. Someone, Chris Carpenter is having steam and flames come out of his ears at the very mere mention of you know, somebody saying disparaging things about League One. I don't think I understood any of that a lot because your mic is being a tit. Um, um, right. Can you hear me now, clearly and concisely? Yes. I think we need. To, I think we need to get you a different mic because that one's uh, from the Poundland is, is doing you absolutely no. Hold it in front of you like a commentator. Right, hang on then. I'll hold it here. Is that better? Oh, that's beautiful. Well, what did you say? Tell me again. Um, I said something about offending Chris Carpenter. That's always a good thing. Yeah, always like to go with that. But it's it is it is worth concerning with uh with the amount of young, raw, fresh talent that we've got. He's relying on. Lacazette, who has been forced to do something other than a striker. He's almost had to play like Giroud used to. If he's back to goal, he's got no one playing with him. I mean, I'd like to see maybe Martinelli and um, uh, Lacazette playing up front together, or Lacazette and, and Eddie playing up front together. Um, and then maybe have Erd- I mean, Erdegaard doesn't work in the, in the central midfield too, though, does he? And Erdegaard is our most creative player. So many options, James. I've, uh, I've not really... But I'd stick to the same thing. Because it, it will work. We'll go on a 17-game unbeaten run, I hope. I'm going to slightly go off book because I think we've covered all there is to cover on the Wolves game. And I was listening to, I forget who, as I usually do. I listen to so many podcasts here and there. Like, I can never keep up with which one I'm actually listening to. <laughs> but the one I was listening to did this feature where they were talking about Arsenal and the summer and what we're going to do to, um, you know, solve our striking issue. Because realistically, you could look at Arsenal going into the summer without a single recognised striker on the books. We're going to lose Aubameyang, and by all accounts, we're going to lose Lacazette, and we're going to lose Nketiah as well. And now a lot of people have said that our targets in the summer are both Isaac and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Now, I personally don't think that we'll go for both. I think that if we're going to do anything over the summer, we're going to go for one or the other, then we're going to try and fill that second spot with some sort of experienced, you know, journeyman, nomadic striker, kind of like we did when we brought in Davos Suker. 
So my question to you guys, and I'm going to start with you, big fella, is who do you think we should get? Who do you want to get? And who do you think we'll get? Um, just an update on the mic. You're talking a little bit too close to it. You're getting a bit of pop in there. We're getting there. It's better than it was. There, try that. Lovely. That should work. Um, who do I want? See, that's a problem when they say, who do I want? Because I don't know how much money we've got. Um, I do want, uh, as much as I do love Xhaka going around there fighting like it's the 1980s and think he's going to get away with it, I think we do need to get, he has to go um, and maybe get someone who's going to get the best out of party and it's not going to be Lakonga. Uh, maybe in the future it might be. But uh, as it comes for a player, I do like Calvert-Lewin and I, I, we had the, uh, we always used to think that he's always injured. But you look, he's only had this season where he's been injured. The rest of the time he's been fine. And he spent time at Sheffield United with Ramsdale. They played together for one season before I think one of them went out on loan and the other one left. Um, this uh, Isaac at uh, Real Sociedad, um, the amount of money they want for him, and, but for someone who isn't prolific, but then you go and do the old fable, look at him on YouTube and he looks world-class. He looks like Henri. He's cutting in and he's tricks and flicks, but... It's, I want someone who's going to be ready to come and play in the Premier League and I like having another Englishman at the club because I think that means there's less like a chance that you're going to do well and then get snapped up by Barcelona, Real Madrid or Juventus because as a rule, British players don't really like to go abroad. I mean, there's quite a few of them in Germany, but not to the extent where we've had all of our really good players. I think, I think that's, that's changing now. I think as these kids get um, older, there's a lot more willingness in them go play abroad, especially in Germany, like you said. But I don't think it's I only think it's a matter of time before the likes of Barcelona and whoever, or even some of those lower league Spanish teams are going after young British kids. I mean that's the first place I'd go and play, Spain. I'd go and live there. Imagine that every day you wake up and it's sunny. Oh, or Italy. Wouldn't want to play in this I'm one country. of these people that doesn't like the hot weather. I prefer it cold. Well you're dead to me then. But I like um Calvert Lewin. He's an England international as well, and he can do good. But we don't want two players the same, and I think those That's two. That's why I think it would be an absolutely uh, idiotic thing to do. But you think? I mean, uh, going back to what you said there about Xhaka, it's not just two forwards. Conceivably, if we lose Xhaka, and I think there's a good chance we will in the summer, I think Roma will come knocking. And if between now and then he does something catastrophically fucking stupid, like he's propensity to do then there's a good chance they'll cut their losses in the summer. They'll just think, nah, let's just get rid of him. He keeps being a bit of a dickhead. So you're looking at two main strikers and I don't know, is that on any contract up in the summer? Or has he got another year to run? One more year, I think. I've got a link to that. Yeah, I'm sure it is one more year. Then you're looking at probably, let's assume that they decide to cut the losses with El Nenny as well. You could be looking at... Oh, no, it's this year. Yeah, so he could go as well. You're looking at two midfielders, two strikers, and that's a lot of money to invest in a team. So, um, Nick, how would you solve this particular problem? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same with Dan. I think I'd, def I'd go for Calvert-Lewin. And like I said, I mean, we were talking about his injury. It was actually, I think, Dan, it was a broken toe rather than, you know, a muscular injury. And I think unless he has a absolute storm and end to the season. I think his stock is quite low compared to what was maybe 18 months ago. So I don't think anyone else, you know, like a Man United or City or Chelsea or anyone in the Premiership would actually come in for him at the moment. So I'll definitely have a go for him if we can get him for, you know, reasonable amount. I mean, that's probably going to be around the 40 
to 50-ish, you know, because of the English premium. And like you said, yeah, I think we'd have to go for someone, you know, like a, say a cheaper option, a bit older, a bit more experienced, someone's willing to come in and help for the team. And I mean, I don't really watch a lot of European football and stuff like that. So most of the strikers we've been linked with over the last what few months, from pretty much every transfer window, I don't even know how to say their names. I never, like I mean, we were saying the last one, the bloke who I don't even know if he actually went to Juventus, but who we were looking at, I never even learned his name, which is probably for the best. But I'd def- I'd give a punt to a striker in the championship if if they could step up, you know, because like I said, they they know the English game, and if they're happy to play, you know, sort of second fiddle, I'd give it a go rather than gamble on someone from abroad. I'm just going to take in a moment to address a query that was just put up by Mr. Thunder Road. Uh, yes, I am an undercover police officer. And yes, that is why there is constant need for me to have different appearance. Sometimes I might wear glasses. Sometimes I might wear a hat. It's so the, uh, all the burglars and the robbers around my area don't recognize. Mark, I don't believe we've went for this question for you yet. Who do you think we could go for in the summer? Do you know what? I think it all really hinges on where we end up in the league. Um, If we end up outside of Europe, then, yeah, we might have to look at a lower end level of striker. If we, by miracle, straight scrape Champions League, you've got players like Dybala, who plays for Juventus, who's out of contracts in the summer, who who we could potentially attract. So it it really hinges on where, where we end up. I'd be happy with a player like a like a, like a Calvert-Lewin, um, we do need that, 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 that old school number nine um, because I think that the balls that we get into the box, which we just don't convert when we've got like a, like a, like a player like Tierney and he can just whip a ball in and just we just need someone to get their head on it and it, it just doesn't happen. We, we just don't have a striker like that, so it's really frustrating. So, um, yeah, someone, someone like him. Oh, wait, do you know what? Even like, like, like a Jimenez, like when he was, when he was on form, he, he would be, I think he'd be gettable. He'd be a good, um, a good pickup for Arsenal. Um, yeah, that, that kind of, that kind of mould of player. But again, if we get, if we get Champions League football, then it makes us look a lot more attractive. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. Now. I'm not convinced and I still remain. The next question, am I Final question before we go into the Burkamp Wonderland. What do we think is going to happen in the remainder of the season session? Is Nicolas Pepe. I think Nicolas Pepe has an important role to play for the rest of the season. And whilst it's fair to say he's flattered to deceive in an Arsenal shirt, he still remains that element of chaos that we can bring off the bench that you never know quite what he's going to do. He's got the potential to skin five players. He's got the potential to hit Rosette. You never know what he's going to do, but whether you love him or you hate him, he's undeniably a threat. Now, my question is twofold. A, do you think he's got an important role to play for the rest of the season like I do? And B, do you think Arteta will get rid of him in the summer? And would he be justified in doing so? And is it the right time to do so? So I'm going to send that question straight off the bat to Mark, please. Do I think he's got an important part to play? Absolutely, because Saka is car- carrying our team at the moment and we can't rely on him to carry our team every single game. And and Pepe is a good player. Is he a £70 million player? No, he is not. But he's a quality player. He he has he has showed glimpses of quality. And I just think that 
he can come on and do a job. I don't subscribe to him playing up front because just no, we can't. I don't think a team like Arsenal should be putting square pegs and round holes like that. Um, I've not seen enough for him to be playing centre forward. I just don't. I don't like the idea of it. If we're gonna if we're gonna chop and change Lacazette, put Martinelli there. Uh, will he go in the summer? It depends what he does to the end of the season. You know, if, if he if he starts banging in the gold and start looking like the seventy million pound player that we bought, then then yeah. If he doesn't, then maybe he will go. But the problem with that is that we've got to recuperate a massive, massive loss. And who who's going to come in? Who's going to come in for even half of what we bought him for at thirty five mil? If he does nothing again till till May, so. Unfortunately, if he doesn't do the business, I think he'll just be a bit like Deadwood, I think, till till we run down his contract. So um, it might not be our choice. I don't know. I'm of the opinion that there's a few teams out there that would look at him and think 30 to 40 million pounds for a 26-year-old player with some degree of pedigree and a decent amount of ability is a fairly decent go. That would be a reasonable punt. I actually think if we wanted to get rid of him in the summer. There's probably other players around that sort of price at 35, 40 million pounds, but we've done a lot more than what he's done because really, unfortunately, he's in the the flop category because what what we paid for him, he hasn't really done a lot. Um, so I think yeah, it, it could be could be tough. I don't think someone could come in for him, but I I haven't heard or I haven't read. I've got to try and keep up to date with you know with uh, with rumours and things like that. But I've I've not seen him being linked with anyone as as of yet. I look at him. I mean, he's a. I reckon he's a solid thirty million to West Ham or Newcastle. I reckon they're the kind of teams that would stump up that kind of money for him. Everton likes to spend. Everton likes to waste. Everton like, dropped forty million on a Wobi, so Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, there's always hope. Then there's always hope. I don't think. I don't think there's no potential there to recuperate some of the fee. We're never going to get anywhere near it for him, and we paid no. way over the odds of what we got. And yeah, you could characterise his performance in a national show as that of a flop. I don't think it would be unfair to do so. But um, Danny, you're looking. Um, well, Quite delightful in the, um, the the glimmer of that fire behind you. What are your thoughts on Nicolas Pepe? I'm just looking at his <clears throat> looking at his stats, and I knew that he had one good season for Lille when he was playing in Lille. Oh, he had 22 goals in 38 games, but I think half, maybe half of those were penalties. And the season before that, he got 13 in 36, which anybody can get that when they're playing in that league. And the season before that, he got three in 33. I mean, that what, shows France. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit shite, isn't it? I mean, shit, for, any, any one of us could get three goals in France. Yeah, that's 16-17. He was playing for Angers. And uh, the season before that, he was on loan in the the, champ, the third the third division for Orleans. And he scored seven in 29. And that is probably the equivalent to maybe League Two, possibly. And a player like that, he only he scored seven in twenty nine. And he comes to us, and then in all competitions, I mean, I'm not going to stat pad because he did a lot of stat padding in Europe. Premier League only first season five in thirty one, last season ten in twenty nine, and I don't think any of those were penalties. And this season zero in nine. Now no one's going to look at that and go, yeah, that's a thirty forty million pound player. He's twenty seven this coming May, uh, same birthday as Sean, and uh, I'll, I'll also be getting him nothing for his birthday. And then they're going to look at that and go, well, you seem to be a bit of a moody player. You only really play well when you're playing against rubbish teams. Your head drops all the time. 
if things don't go right. But a single that I still enjoy watching him play. I love watching him run at players because because he doesn't know what he's going to do. That the people he's running at, they have no idea what he's going to do. And he does his tricky feet and he gets past them. Not quite to the level that Saka does, where nine and a half times out of ten, Saka is going to run at his man, trick him and get past him. And for, for us to have someone like Saka who can do that, and to have a player that can do that is almost a miracle. He's almost walking on water, the lad. And then to have no end product from that because there's no one there for him to give the ball to who, who can score for when, when Saka does that, we've really got to make the best of that. So the Pepe is right, uh, left-footed, but plays on the right. So maybe try him on the left. I know a few times he's been swapped around. But he's going to have to get some games this season because we can't keep playing. We saw how tired Saka and Smith Moe and Martinelli were. Um, three games at towards the recently, we've had them at the end of the games laying down on the pitch like they've just done extra time and penalties and lost in an FA Cup final. The lads were knackered and it's not going to do them good long-term if they're constantly playing and, and using up all their energy. But yeah, Pepe, like some of the people are saying here that like Dejan has put, if Pepe shows some ambition to the end of the season, we'll get around thirty million. I think that's. I don't disagree uh, with Dejan there. I think that's Pepe's one of those players. Every time I watch him play, I think to myself, I'll go one of two ways. I think, ah, oh, if he really wanted to, he could be absolutely brilliant. He could be a world beer. Then the next minute, I'm thinking, he don't care, does he? He's bloody useless. He's a bit of an idiot. He is one of those players that you always assume that you can get more out of or that one day he's just going to turn the corner. And that sort of little burst of form he gives you is going to become the standard, and it never does. Just as I said earlier, he flatters to deceive. Could have been brilliant. I think if application is the problem, and maybe it's something as simple as that, I just think he's like Jovino. He came to a league that was probably a little bit too far away from him, and he never just clicked. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on the enigma that is Nicolas Pepe? Well, let's be honest about it. He's been probably a flop, especially for the money we paid for him. I think he'll end up going back to France in the summer. And let's be honest, he's not the only you know, player that's done really well in another league and come to the Premiership and been a flop. And plus, look, a few of those actually leave and go back you know, to a different league and actually doing well. I mean, even you say about Giovinio, he was doing quite well in Italy for Roma and stuff. I don't know if he's still there now. But, yeah, I think he'll end up going... He's playing in Turkey, is he? Well, that's that's close to Italy. That's not too far. Can you imagine what his forehead looks like now he's in middle age? (laughs) (laughs) I think his hair, like his receding hairline, or I say receding hairline, no hairline, is just arched his way all the way down to his back now, so there's just nothing. He's just got dreadlocks dangling out the back of his shorts. I think that's what he looks like now, but still wearing a bandana. But, yeah, I've got a funny feeling he'll go back to France and do well. I've got a funny feeling if they can get him on the cheap. It wouldn't surprise me if PSG chucked in a bid for him, because obviously Mbappe's going to go in the summer on a free after all they spent. And to be honest, especially for them, for how much time they get on the ball and how quick and you know a goal threat he is they could, they could do worse spending 25 30 million quid you know someone to bring on for half an hour to run at people that's why i think we'll go back to france i reckon if we get any sort of decent money anything over 20 quid it'll entertain it in the summer they've got to he can't be another one we spend big money on we just let go out on loan for a couple of years and then don't recoup, recoup any of the fee that would be madness yeah i, I mean, don't know you say all the other teams you know over the years United's Liverpool's and people like that 
they've spent big money on players and haven't worked out and they have sold them, you know, for a loss. I mean, I think with Liverpool spent 35 on Ben Teke, didn't work a couple of years later, sold him for 20, you know, people like that. I think even United, what was it, 65 for Lukaku and then they sold him abroad for about 25, 30. So uh, if that's what you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. That's the risk you take when you buy these players. They're going to they're gonna settle in and do well or they're not. You can't just, you know, what's the word, shit or get off the pot. If they're not good enough, get rid of them. Don't, because you're going to end up with, like say, no player, no money at all. And then you never have to spend more money to buy anyone else. It is one of those where you look at it. You think when when we signed him, however long ago it was, I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was a really good buy. Even at the time, because of um, his age and the supposed potential, and I didn't know who he was, but I knew some reports that he was a good player in, in France. I thought 72 million. In today's market, it's not massive money. When you look at some of the things, uh, like Jack Greenish went for 100 million and he's got what? Four goals, if that, this evening. What in sweet Moses? Is, is that your daughter? This is a live feed of her waving to us while you're talking to her on the phone. You know you're on mute. Yes, he knows he's on mute. This is podcast gold when someone's fucking miming on the other end of the thing. <laughs> um, I've completely blown off my train of thought again here. What was I saying, guys? We were talking about Pepe, and then we were going to move on to our predictions for the rest of the season. Thank you. So I think I'm going to do that now. I think I'm going to put a line under the whole Pepe debacle or conversation, however we're going to put it. I'm going to go very promptly into the questions that I have for what you guys think is going to happen for the remainder of the season. Now, I'm going to start with the most obvious one first, which I have written down in my things here, is where do you think we will finish in the league? Um, and your thoughts behind how that may occur. So we'll go to uh, that big bearded son of a gun over there, Danny. <laughs> yes, that was Sean. I, I muted myself because uh, I just sent her. She's not. She's not happy. So I sent her fifty quid to go and get some curry because her mum's gone out to see her. And uh, yeah, I had water and tomato soup, and they're eating fucking curry at my expense. But... Water and tomato soup. Why couldn't you order yourself a curry and send them the soup? <sighs> I'm on a diet because I'm grossly obese and I'm near death. Uh, we're looking at the the, the on that cheaper uh, note, ladies and gentlemen. If people are struggling to hear James, he is going to get a new mic. He only just bought that one; it's rubbish, so he's going to get another one. Um, is it really that so, bad? Because it was fine when I used it the last time. It is. It's it's wobbling in and out. And we can't always hear what you're saying. It's it's probably because you're using an Apple product. Spend two grand um, on Apple when you spend 50p on the uh, microphone. I'm wondering if I might put this all back down where it was the last time, right next to the router. Because it's not, um, I'm not attached by Ethernet cable so at the moment. Fine. You're fine now. Oh, okay. It's weird. Cheap ones tend to do that. I mean, they're not here to hear about microphones, or are you? I'm looking at the fixtures. Wolves, we should beat we, we should beat those. And then we've got the Chelsea one's been postponed. Then we've got we've got um Brentford at home. Then we've got Wolves at home again, because that's been added to the, our February fixtures. So we've got a busy February of oh, oh the Liverpool's been postponed. So we've got three games in February now rather than two. And we should have had five. So uh nope. Four. So luckily Liverpool's been postponed. I don't think that's been rearranged, and I don't think Chelsea has been rearranged either, has it? So what we need to do is get a little bit of continuity, a little bit of a run of games. So uh, Brentford 
and Wolves, Brentford, Wolves, and then Watford, and then Leicester, and then the only hard game we've got coming up is Villa, and that's on the 19th of March. So we should have a run of five, hopefully five wins in a row, because Leicester are on their ass, they're broken. Then after um, Villa, we've got Palace, and then we've got Brighton, Southampton, and that's sort of, then we get a run of a, a couple of tough games, Man United and West Ham. And then we've got Leeds, Newcastle, and finish the season with playing relegated Everton, who will score eight pass like we usually do. So there's no massively hard games there, apart from the Liverpool and Chelsea ones. And even Man United aren't that great, because we're at home for that. So I think out of those, what, we've got 17 games left? Um, I should really know, because I can't count. I'll Spurs 17. Yeah, 17 games left. I think if realistically, if we've, realistically, if we don't put ourselves down for anything silly like like beating Liverpool, um, beating Chelsea, and a couple of draws, so out of that 17, 17 times three is 51, and then you take three, six, nine, so that's going to be 42. We should get about 35, 36 points out of that lot. And wherever that's going to put us, I think that will keep us definitely in the top six. But we've seen this season with all the other teams playing against each other and losing. I mean, look, I mean, look at the results last night. Newcastle beat Everton 1-0. Man United went to Burnley and drew 1-1. I mean, beat Everton 3-1 and they drew 1-1. You're thinking, well, if you had to put your money on that, you'd have gone, well, Man United are going to go to Burnley and beat them. Well, they haven't. West Ham barely beat Watford 1-0. So so many results to go. And 17 isn't a really high number, but when there's so many... Um, different teams having different problems and players suspended. And plus all those other teams have got cup games to go. We have only got to concentrate on the league yet again. So I think we're going to do really well. They've got a, a really tight knit squad. They all believe in Arteta. The Bundesliga bastards have all gone. And uh, the people that are causing trouble have gone. And out of the 18 most minute Premier League minutes this season, we still got 17 of those players. Young is that one for the 18th top 18 minutes played. I think it's going to be okay. It's going to be interesting. But we are going to have some um, patches where we're going to have too many games in, because we've got what, four games in hand, I think. When those start to be piled on, because you know the FA are not going to let us have easy... Um, they're going to go, oh, you play, we move this one to the Sunday and you play the other one on the on the, on the the Wednesday. They're going to go, no, you're playing on a Thursday and a Saturday or you're playing on a Monday and a Thursday. And they'll, they'll just do that to us a few times because they're scum-based, because we'll have to work around, because Chelsea and Liverpool have got all those cup games. We'll have to work around when they're free, not when it's convenient to us. So I'm still hopeful of top four. Interesting. I'm going to chime in with my two pennies worth before I go to the other guys, but I'm going to keep it short and succinct and to the point, seven. And maybe, <laughs> that's just, maybe that's just the pessimist in me who doesn't really... I like to think if everything goes according to plan and we play well for the remainder of the season, then we can accumulate more than enough points to get us up to fourth, fifth, sixth. Uh, as I've said before on the podcast, Mikel Arteta's teams, in my opinion, are sort of you, they're defined by good performances, but in equal measure doing something stupid. And I don't really see how the rest of the season is going to go any differently. So I think we will see flashes of how good the team can be and we'll see flashes of how fucking idiotic the team can be. And I think if you take both of those into account and our, the, the competition around us is going to be a bit ropey, I think it's seven. So, Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, do you know what? As much as I'd love us 
to get back into Champions League this season. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. And I think the reason behind that is because we just didn't get a centre forward in this window. I think I think it's too much of a burden on Lacazette to be to be starting every game um, for the next 17 games. And then Martelli's not a centre forward, in my opinion. So I think we will just fall short. As Danny said, loads of twists and turns to, to come. We'll probably beat the teams we're not meant to beat and draw and lose against the teams we're meant to turn over. But that's just Arsenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think we're going to we end up, I think, sixth, I'd say. I think we'll end up six this, uh, this season. Um, unfortunately, just falling short due to lack of centre forward. Nick, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we. I think we're all pretty much. I said this at the start of the season that the top three is pretty much set in stone. It looks like that is with you know City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. So realistically, that's what us United. Uh, Spurs, unfortunately, I think it looks like Leicester's died a death. West Ham, you know, they could be having kittens. We don't really know at this point. And, um, yeah, like I said, we're relying on a lot of the other clubs to not do well, as well as us doing well. You know, Harry Kane's been crap pretty much all season, but if he turns it on to the end of the season, they'll have a good run. United, no matter what, they always do something. They've had I know they drew last night, but they've had quite they always get, you know, the last minute winner. And even when they play, you know, they've got a lot of goals in them, even though their defence is a bit iffy. Where whereas I think we've got a better defence than them, but our goals are sometimes iffy. So that's gonna be I think it's gonna be extremely close from like fourth to seventh. And I think that will be you know, United, Arsenal and Spurs, but that's that's going to be so close. I'm, you're probably talking three to four points from fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh. And I'd love to say we're going to get it, but I think we might just be pipped by United like the last day or so. I think we'll probably end up fifth. I think that there's a fairly, you know, different set of opinions there. Fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh. So, We've gone from Danny the Optimist to me the Pessimist and somewhere in between. <laughs> okay, my next question, it's along the same lines, is that now we've lost a Bamiyang and goals are something of a finite currency at Arsenal, who do you guys think is going to eventually be our top scorer for the season? So, uh, Mark? I'm going to go with Saka. I think that... I think Lacazette and Saka work really nicely together, and especially if we've got, um, especially if we've got Tommy Asu as well down that side, uh, and if he's fighting fit, they, yeah, I, I think I think Saka's going to again have to carry us to the end of the season. So my money is on Akai Saka. Uh, Danny, thoughts? Are we talking about Spring Premier League only? Well, there's only Premier League left, isn't there? I mean, no, as in, I know that. Thank you very much. No, you tit. Uh, are you including the goals already scored in other competitions? Yes. Or who, will, who will become our ultimate goal scorer uh, now and uh, in the whole season as a what? Well, I was looking at this season because in the Premier League this season, Smith Rowe, eight, Saka, six, Martinelli, Odegaard, and Aubameyang are all on four. But if you look at all competitions, I'm not sure what that's going to be. Smith Rowe, nine, Saka, seven, Bamiyang, seven, Lacazette, five, Eddie and Ketia, five. Well, he won't get any more because there's no more League Cup games to stat pad. Martinelli, four, <laughs> Erdegaard, four. Um, 
who's he gonna it's, it's, it's hard to think who's going to... It's definitely going to be... Actually, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to go Martinelli. Arteta's going to go, off you go, son. You're playing up front and he's going to finish the season with uh, 18 goals. So he's going to score... Oh, he's going to score 14 goals in 17 games. You've got to believe. Sometimes you need to believe in this stuff. If you believe it, it will happen. Um, okay. Uh, Nick? I think it's... Well, I'd be a bit worried if it was Saka because if you know a winger's getting, I don't think that's going to be enough to get top four because that mean that means you know the strikers haven't done their job which they needs to do. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say Lacazette because I think he's going to be on penalty duty now. So that's ooh, 17 games. That's at least one penalty we'll get. You know, they'll probably miss. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, it'll. That'll come back off a goalkeeper and he'll put it in. So obviously, oh, I have faith. So I'm going to go Lacazette. I think he's going to end up with the golden boot at Arsenal. Whatever you get for that, released I mean, at the end of your contract. That's what you get for that. <laughs> when I was writing these questions, I thought to myself, at some point, I'm going to have to answer them. And this was the one I still, after hearing you guys, I still don't have a proper answer for. Because part of me thinks it'll be Smith Rowe because he's the one that's really shown the most improvement in front of goal. He's the one that seems that he's having one of those purple patches in terms of goal scoring, where everything he does seems to come off for him. But he's not in the team. He's not playing enough. And even though he contributes coming from the bench, I think he is what I consider to be our most likely goal threat at the moment, especially now Aubameyang is gone. I think, as, as Nick alluded to, that uh, Lacassette on penalties might help him pat the old, uh, pad the old stats. I can't bloody say that. Pad the old stats a minute. But, um, or could it be Saka or could it be like Martinelli? I don't really know. It's a really difficult question to answer. I'm good, but I've got to give you an answer because, you know, I just have to. It's the way things go. I'm going to put my neck on the line and I'm going to say it's going to be, I'm going to go with Danny and say it's going to be Martinelli. I win. think that. I think it's a positive thing. I think if we're relying on one player to score all our goals, and we've got a very quick answer, then then we've got problems if that one player's not there. But the fact that we, we don't know is quite difficult to, to answer. I think that that's that's possibly a good thing. You know, we've got we've we've got a few a few goal threats. I know we looked a bit a bit dry uh, last few games. I think it was all knackered, but hopefully after being out of the barn and, and resting, hopefully we all guns blazing again. The, the thing that makes problem say is, that sorry. The thing that makes me say that, James, is the that the press conference where we said we've got three strikers. What? Sorry, What'd I was talking to myself. Everyone disappeared for a second on my screen. Oh dear. Yeah, the fact that um, yeah, he said that in the press conference. If it was a if it was a slip of the tongue and he didn't mean that, we forgot that Obama Young's left, then that's going to make me look silly. But if he really did hint at, because he d- he does love a hint, Arteta regularly does stuff where you go, well, what did he mean by that? He'll never come out and uh, he regularly doesn't come out and say exactly what he thinks. He gives like little Cluedo things, like Poirot. He's like he's like a magician. You know, when he, when you ask him how he does a trick, you just get some bullshit answer, and he stood there in a polo neck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's just given me a little a little nudge in the direction of, well, maybe because that is the logical answer to play Martinelli more up front. Martinelli's going to love that because when he when he played for when he was playing in Brazil, he was a striker. 
uh, in those in the youth teams. He was banging in goals all over the place. Not that I've seen him play, but I was, I was just reading about. I did a Google translate from a uh, Brazilian Portuguese into English, so it could be absolutely nonsense. But the numbers for when he was a kid, when he's still a kid now, but the numbers are absolutely fantastic. So he's got it in him. And then Martin, and I think Arteta did say that he didn't play for ages because they were bulking him up and 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 playing him doing other stuff, lots of training. And it seems like it's working wonders because. The, the kid's a revelation. Like the, When he first came in under Emery, we thought, wow, what a player. Just needs to put on a bit of weight and get a little bit tougher, which we've seen from Saka as well. Saka's no stranger now to going up and getting the elbows in people and giving them a shove. You think these lot have been on the ready brick. It's wonderful to see. Quick question to all of you guys. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Universal, all of ABW would probably say that. If we had to choose for the next 17 games... Eddie and Ketty are up front behind Lacazette as a false nine or Martinelli. Who would we all go for? I'd choose my nan over him, Ketty, and she's dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Martinelli's gone his nan. So, what about you, James? Are you pretty much, he's frozen. Stokes is frozen. I thought he was just very, very bored. <laughs> he's got no <laughs> internet. What was your question, Nick? So I was say, if we had to choose from now until the end of the season, Enketier up front with Lacazette behind him, if he's not going to play that, or Martinelli for the rest of the season. It's not even a question, is it? It's yes, absolute but, nonsense. So Enketier is going to start tomorrow, right? Ugh. See, I don't. Does anybody understand the the obsession that Arteta has over Enketier? It's almost like it's a girlfriend that doesn't want to know you, and you keep sending her flowers and texting her. Eddie's gone. Arteta, no, I'm going. And he's going. Oh, go on. I play you up front against Man United. I'll oh, go on. I'll oh, go on. I'll, I'll bet you captain on your birthday. <laughs> so yeah. well, didn't he, isn't he the first player? Didn't he come out and said like after we signed him, and he said, "I want him recalled from Leeds straight away." And we played him for a, like a whole almost a season or a calendar year, didn't he score like three goals in like 40 games in all competitions? I still don't think he hasn't scored in the Premiership this season. So I, I can't understand why Arteta would think if he does, you know, he hasn't scored in the Premiership all season. We've got 17 more games. What makes you think he's going to score again? Uh, this season, he has played four Premiership games, zero goals, one FA Cup, zero goals, stat padded five in five in the, the League Cup. His entire career at Arsenal, 42 Premier League games, five goals. Oh, James is back. We're just saying, um, what is Arteta's, uh, carrying on with what you were talking about, um, with uh, Nketiah, what's Arteta's obsession with him? It's like an ex-girlfriend where he just keeps sending the flowers and I'm not interested. We all know he's going to go. And he's got played five Premier League games this season and got zero goals. And he's got, what, five in 47, something like that overall. He hasn't got what it takes. The stat pads in the cups. I think that's fairly obvious. I think his time's done here. If Arteta's done good things in terms of his management, Enketia still being here is one of the worst of ones. Maybe last summer we were arguing with Palace over like a few, weren't they talking about 10 million or something or overseas? And we were like, no, he's English, he's worth 25. I was like, you should know he's not worth that. Take the money. You know, we're not going to get, I think um, Chelsea decided he wasn't good enough and they let us have him, you know, and we had to pay whatever compensation we had to pay. So, I've, you know, he's not a kid anymore. Was he 23? 24 nearly you know he's he at the age where Henri, 23 when in May 
Yeah, so he's at the age when you know Thierry Henry was on in his prime for us. And does anyone else think he's going to hit? Well, it's a bit harsh to say, you know, compare everyone to Henry, but that's what we all want, don't we? We want players that are young are potentially going to turn into these superstar strikers, and he's just not going to, is he? I agree. Right, someone says here, um, Mark says, Eddie is, Eddie is teacher's pet. Maybe he buys Arteta a new pot of hair gel every week. There's got to be some reason for, for doing it. And, uh, do you think, James, that if, um, Arte, if not Arteta, if um, Nketiah goes to another club, First of all, what sort of club is he going to get, and how is he going to do that? Because if it, I don't think if he gets a, a Premier League club, it will be a top ten club. And when he goes there, he's he's just going to just um, do an Iwobi and then do absolutely nothing there. I'll answer your question um, very quickly, so I don't impinge upon anyone else. But I think if he goes, he's going to a Palace or a Norwich or a lower league club, Cowdenbeath if he's lucky. <laughs> Norwich, yay! Um, but. I can't see him being anything more than a 10-goal-a-season striker. I mean, I, I, he's, a, he's a decent enough kid. He looks like he wants to put the work in, but I don't think he's ever going to be prolific. It's just not the kind of player he is. He's one of those players where if you put him in his physical attributes, you put him in a team 20 years ago, I think you'd bang him in. But with football, the, net, the way it is and the differences nowadays, he's just not suited. Well, I think he's going to look back at his career and think he's, he's wasted his career by he had a magnificent opportunity at Arsenal. But even when he comes on, he looks like he can't be bothered. I mean, there was a couple of times he played on the left side near the end of the game. He, he made some decent runs and he looked like he was up for it. I don't think he goes out there and, and goes full, full Ozil, but he really doesn't look like he's overly bothered by it. But when, when you're on 40, 50 grand a week, I'd be thinking, I can't wait to get back home and go and buy loads of shit off of eBay. I think he runs around a lot, Danny, but I just, he gets a couple of chances. He has some golden opportunities just to just come off the bench, put the ball away. Like that header against, I can't remember who it was, I think it was, was it against Leeds? I don't know. Um, yeah, he had a good goal. He, he put it out for a, a throw-in when he was like... Yeah, so. I think that's your one job. You know, you're, you're, if you look at okay, well, what his attributes meant to be, like you just finish it. I think he did. Yeah, he, 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 I think Arteta likes him because he plays the Arteta way. He will... He's very energetic. We'll press the back line. We'll shut. We'll, we'll press the goalkeeper. But in terms of just quality, I think he is a championship striker at best. Unfortunately, yeah, James's internet is cut out, and he says, "I think you're going to have to carry on without me because he's he's either found something really interesting that he's looking at on his phone because he hasn't moved with his head down for the last minute. So we're going to just carry on without him. Ah, oh, poor old uh, Stokes. And we're going to get him. He's going to get a new mic." Because sometimes finding the right mic, because all the Amazon things will say, oh, this is a really good mic, and they're usually shit. Yeah, some people here saying, uh, stand a man saying he would, he'd probably, so that's why I have to have my phone near me. Oh, for fuck's sake, fuck off. <laughs> Over there, you twat. There we go, people, my phone. We've learned so much in the last two weeks of not doing podcasts, and haven't we? <laughs> Well, I had a message from Stokes on WhatsApp, so I picked my phone up, and then my phone decided to go bit it, bit it, bit it, bit it, bit it, bit it, just connecting to some kind of uh, alien signal. Stan says that Eddie would probably do well in the SPL. Uh, formerly knows a Greek or Turkey might be the destination for him. Noza says Everton. <laughs> Why not? We made a fortune from them. Uh, feels for on Eddie's wages, he can have a fifty-pound curry every night. <laughs> Thunders for Eddie and Ketia and Callum Hudson Adoy, our future Ghana internationals, no future with England. Well, that is a bit weird, isn't it? Dan, Chris, not Chris, 
Why don't I call you Chris? It's Mark. Who's Chris? I don't know. Mark. Oh, both good-looking young men, that's right. Mark, um, with the uh, Eddie get, breaking the record for the most number of goals to an under-23 international for England, are you surprised that he hasn't managed to translate that form to Premier League? Or has he just found his level at League Cup? I think it's a big bridge sorry big yeah big bridge to gap well big gap to bridge sorry other way around <laughs> in terms of uh yeah that, that jump because you're playing against other kids really at that level and then when you move into senior senior league football you're not going to get the same opportunities against big brute centre-backs and yeah you know your van dykes and Maguires of the world so he did look so promising Breaking, breaking those, um, you know, those England youth records, but yeah, not for me. I've not really, I've not really seen too much of it. There was so much, there was so much promise when he came off the bench in his first, you know, his first period score, those two goals. I think against Norwich in the League Cup, we thought, right, we've really got something on our hands here. And he's been given plenty of opportunity, but just hasn't, hasn't really grasped there. And it, yeah, like you said, Danny, it just it seems like a bit of a bit of a waste of opportunity for the kid. When you look at his goal record, Nick, when he Broke into the under-18s for Arsenal, 15 goals in 16 games. And then the under-23s, 12 in 26. Then for England, the under-18s, 4 in 2. The under-19s, 9 in 10. Under-26 in 9. But the under twenty one sixteen 16 in 17. And I think they won, I think, did he win a cup or something? Uh, the Toulon yeah. tournament in 2018. Odin, that well, was it the World Cup? Yeah. Well, I thought it was the under 18 euros or so, under 23 euros. Oh, yeah. I think that's what they won. Oh, yeah. England, England under 21 Toulon tournament 2018. So, uh, do you think you do well at Norwich in the championship? Looks like they're going to go down. Timo Puki has uh, had better days. Yeah, well, he's just, well, that's pretty much you compare him to Puki. He seems to do well in the championship, but just can't step up and. That happens with players. They look great as kids and then they just completely disappear once they get, you know, start playing, you know, with the big boys and things like that. Plus, I mean, you look at Eddie's, it's not like he's an all-round type of striker. I think wasn't there that thing going round where, um, like, for one season he played for us, if you added, like, all five of his goals up to us, like, like for how far they were out, they still wouldn't be outside the 18-yard box. I think the furthest away he scored was like four yards and things like that. So it's not, maybe he's just not cut out for this league and in the championship where it's a bit slower and it's a bit more, you know, a lot of corners, you know, set pieces, scrapping in the box. You know, he does seem to get into positions, you know, to score, but can't score. So, I mean, like you said, that's going to be maybe two or three clubs in the premiership or the championship. They're going to be calling for him and, that is what it is. It's a little bit sad. Um, I do. I've had, uh, like someone says here, who was it? Um, Phil Macker. This is one for the mums and dads and the grandparents. I've said it before. Eddie's the new Paul Dickov. We had Paul Dickov. We had Paul Shaw. Mm-hmm. We've had, uh, oh, we had so many young players that have, uh, I mean, um, Chuck Zaniki was another one banging in the goals for the reserves. Oh, not reserves, the under 23s and under 18s. It was like that. Uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas. Big yeah, life. Jet. And oh, what been. Yeah, so many of them. Um, right. Chopper Chopper. Oh, we do miss Chopper Chopper. All these young men. Oh, yeah, I was really old one here. Loki, Raphael Mead. 
uh, yeah, he had to leave the country under uh, the cover of night for alleged dodgy dealings. So, um, right, we've been going an hour and five minutes. Nick, can you see the, the, the starred questions? Yes, I can. Go on, then. You read them out. All right. Oh, someone's disappeared. No. And then there were two. <laughs> the internet is, uh, for the people at home and on the bus, uh, James's internet stopped working, and he went, and now Mark's has gone. Dear, oh, dear. Go on, then. Are you, are you on Wi-Fi, Nick, or are you on Ethernet? Of course I'm on Ethernet. You told Ethernet. me the first day you said... Nick, don't ever go on Wi-Fi. If not, I'm going to roll around to your house yeah. and kick your cat. And then I yeah. said, don't do that because you will get fined two weeks' wages and the RSPCA will take my cats away from me. Yeah, uh, they certainly will. If they, if they come back, I'll add them back in. So who are you going to ask the questions to? I think you should do one for me and then one for you, and then hopefully Mark will be back with us by then. All right, we'll start with you, obviously. Phil Macker asks us, how many red cards will Shaka get before he leaves? Mark is back with us for the people at home. Um, hold on, I should have highlighted that question. Um, how many will Shaka get before he leaves? Bloody hell, he's got 17 games. If he gets sent off against Wolves, that means, I think if he gets another red card, isn't he banned for six games or something? Before too many red cards in a row? Or have we met, got the cut-off point where you the, all the previous... Uh, um, bad things are rescinded. So um, I would say that he's going to get zero this season because hopefully Arteta's gone up to him and gone, look, I've got connections in the Spanish mafia. You fuck this up, you get sent off once, you try and kill anyone, then uh, you're going to be going to Burnley next season. You're not going to be going to Roma. And then he'll have a little he, cry. I think if he gets like one red card, like a um, serious foul play, yeah. that'll be the three games for that plus another two what he's already, you know, like that. So, you know, if, if he gets two red cards, it could be him finished for the season. Absolute sadness. And I'll take it we're assuming he's off in the summer. I'm oh, not. I'm assuming he's going to get a new... I think he's going to get a new contract to be made official captain again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I better ask Mark a question before he disappears. And uh, uh, how the hell am I supposed to say that? Bell... Bellerin. Bellerin? I can't say that. Albrecht Schultz. Oh, you can say Albert. He Albert. said that Albert is the same in English, that name. Oh, fair enough. Right. Will, Will Runnison's buy option be pulled by... Oh, I can't even say that. Is that the Belgian club? club? It's a Belgian club. Will Runnison's contract option to be buy be pulled by the Belgian club he's at? Yeah. I can't say how religiously follows his uh, form since his last since his uh, his, uh, his interest in time at, at Arsenal. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> in terms of Paul, as in Paul doesn't pull in the trigger, they want him, or in Paul they they I don't really. I think they've got an option to buy him at the end of the summer for like a million quid or something. Right. Okay. I, I I've got to be honest with you. I, I haven't really followed his, his stint there, Danny. Any idea how it's gone there? You're the, you're the stats well, man. Well, there's 18 teams in the Belgian Jupiler League, not Jupiter, Jupiler, and they are 12th. They've uh, got 30 points, and only one team goes down automatically there, so they're not going to go down. That's going to be beer shot. And so they've conceded 39 goals in 24 games this season. Let's see how many games he's actually played. Um, he has played nine nine games, and it hasn't said how many goals that he's conceded. Just says that he's seventy-eight kilograms. 
I mean, playing nine goals, playing nine games, I might be able to go back and have a look at this and see which ones he's played in. So that goes down from, ah, oh, they won 3-1, they drew 1-1, they won 3-1, they won 3-0, they won 2-1, they won, they lost 4-1. He only played half the game there. So his recent run of form, they've, uh, he's only conceded three goals in, four goals in five games. So pretend you know oh, yes. not the question. Let's go with Rosanna. Yes, thanks for that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got, uh, Richard Garrett for, well, for Danny. Would you put Saka as number nine and bit, try and beef him up a little bit? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, Richard. You can't play him as a number nine. Number nine for us is a striker, and he's, he's not a striker, is he? He's not going to head the ball in. He's not going to... That's, that'd be a complete waste of all of his talents because his talents are running down the wing, getting the ball in, having shots from places where people aren't going to expect. But as for him as a nine, you'd have to stand there and wait for people to give you the ball. And then so we play Lacazette out, in, out on the right-hand side and Lacazette won't be able to get the ball to him. And he'll go, well, it's, it's, like, it's like trying to get a chef to do a service on your car because James is a chef. Um, I think he'd completely mess it up. So no, absolutely not. That's a no. I heard no. Fantastic answer. Well done, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> Albert, again, would you take Bellerin back in the summer or sell him in the summer? Is that for me? Yeah. Yeah, sell, sell him. Yeah, I think, yeah, but just be going backwards, really. I don't think he's pulled up any trees um, at Real Betis. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a no from me. I think we should be looking forward like... So not not quite the same, but I love 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 Jack Wilshere, and there's loads of pictures of him training and stuff, and everyone's like, oh, you know, just bring him back on a pay to play. I just don't, and even when we, even when Ramsey was available as well to come back, I just don't, don't really think it ever works. Um, I think we should look forward. I think there's definitely better options than Bellerin, so it's uh, it's a no for me. Great guy, and I think I think he bore he he bore the brunt of a lot of crap when we was going through. Uh, a sticky a sticky period and I think he's a good bloke and I wish him the best in his career because um, yeah I think he's an all round good bloke but not not good enough to, to take us where we want to be so yeah sell for me they're doing yeah. alright in the league huh? they're third Nick um, but uh, they, they lost their last game 2-0 to Villarreal who were managed by Emery and uh, haven't you noticed how, how quick he's picked up the Spanish that's really really good of him yeah, he's done really well it's fluent. Yeah. yeah, he's fluent Spanish. It's like he's, you know, that's like us his first language. But I think I think Mark, I'd agree with Mark <laughs> definitely. I mean, what's Bellerin now? Twenty six, nearly twenty seven. He's not going to come back and fight for his place, you know. And I think most people would say, you know, Tommy Ashu would start ahead of him anyway. So he's not going to come back and sit on the bench. And you know, he's he's done all right. I don't think he's done as well as we all hoped. So I remember when he burst onto the scenes, we were just all loving him because of he's just absolutely flying around the pitch like a maniac. And I remember that what was it, that one one against Liverpool where he was just absolutely on thought, hang on, someone's put him on fast forward here, what's going on? And I just think that knee injury has just done a lot of his, you know, natural pace and that's exposed him, you know, a little bit you know, as a defender. I think we had the same with um Colo Ture when he was playing, you know, at his peak, as soon as his he started to lose his pace, he couldn't, you know, you know, 
fix the mistakes he's made with his pace and get back as quick. So I think that's why. Where did we sell him? Man City and then Liverpool. So he, he did all right, but I think I think yeah, Bellerin will probably stay in Spain. You know, yeah, he'll always hold a place in my heart. Bless him. I when I was trying to raise money for when I ran the London Marathon, like I wrote out to the every every Arsenal player and then the. Uh, and the, and the club and all sorts got absolute radio silence for everyone. Then uh, bless him, he sent me a signed pair of his boots to raffle off. So um, top top guy, really representing the club well. Yeah. Right, we've got a questionnaire for Danny, who's probably the best member of ABW to ask this question. Top five worst Arsenal players with worst haircuts. Um, I've just looked at our. I've got an, uh, uh, a spreadsheet of all the money that ABW has made and sent out, and that was on the September 2017 your London run, and we give you ten quid. Oh, thanks, mate. Yes, yeah, right. Um, highlight that question. Right, the worst hair. Well, I'd say the the worst would have been um, Obama Young because he's doing that um, that black spray that you spray on your hair that makes you look like you're not going bald and we could all see it and i expect him to go full mayor giuliani in the rain where the hair dies dribbling down his face but as for the rest of them i think most of them have got really good hair not Javinio. Um, we were talking about earlier what, did he say there's a question ever yeah i suppose it has to be ever oh if it's too um current or or for all time i think well all time yeah Javinio is one of the absolute worst I think Ray Parlers when he went um, full Charlie Dimmock from Ground Force. I think that <laughs> one was horrible. And who else has had terrible hair? Can we blame Rob Holden? Considering that's not actually his hair. I think he's done. I think he's done well. To uh, his hair looks pretty good. I personally I've seen the latest picture. You can actually see where his hair was and the new hair. It's like they've got a different grade of hair. It's like he's ran out of paint and gone off and bought a different brand. And you're just looking at it on the wall and you're just like, oh, it looks terrible. Oh, here we go. I've had some people put their... Uh, hold on, it's got to do this. Someone with a spam account. Um, John Jensen was uh, shocking, according to Loki. Ah, oh, formerly Noza says, Sesk's mullet was pretty spectacular. That was, a, that was a beast. Albert says, Lundberg maybe with a red hair. Phil Macker says, Siemens ponytail. So does Mark, and so does Stan. Stan's on us with a post-game match uh post match game tomorrow i need to get that eventually shamak's hair oh my god some of his they out there are some corkers he's got about eight different haircuts going on at some pictures yeah he's trying to gel it and it's like there is no hair to gel the graham ricks perm from loki mark says alan sunderland oh glenn helder's uh wet look afro curls he had the uh the jerry curl stuff um, Albert says, I had the Schmack haircut back in the day. Shouldn't talk about that, Albert. That's uh, that's very that's very bad. Um have we covered all the hair? Possible hair ones? <laughs> oh yeah. Gemini says Cliff Bastin, like anyone remembers what he looks. Uh, and stands for Helper's Soul Glow. They yeah, so did Loki, Soul Glow, they both put that. So uh I think I'm gonna go with um I'm going to go with the uh, Fabregas's um, party at the front. No, uh, fun was business at the front, party at the back. I think it was called. <laughs> Much like uh, who's that bloke who goes on Joe Rogan? T T O Von. Have you seen his hair? Just like that. Just like someone who proves uh, as long as you play well and you're good enough, we don't care what you've got on your head. That's it. Right, I shall uh, get ready for your next question. 
Right, Mark, I, wow, that's nothing to do with football, but I'll answer anyway. We're so, getting, Mark, does anyone watch? I mean, questions that I get. Danny gets the easy ones. I get the random. Go on, hit me. What's, this, what's, this what's, the, what's the meaning of life? 42. 42. Oh, you said it before me. Hey. everything. Okay, does anyone else watch Steven Seagal movies, then delete it from your recent watch section? I haven't watched a Steven Seagal film since it was under siege. A Steven Seagal film, yeah, that's I think that's the only one I remember because they had Bird with a tit so jumping out of the cake, Eleanor Erenak or some name like that. You wouldn't know her name, that's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen a Steven Seagal film for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, some some of the movies I do watch, I do have to delete from my search history, but that's uh, another that's for a story for another time. <laughs> right, another question for Danny and another on point one, a food question. Heinz ketchup or store's own brand? That's from formerly Noza. Now this is actually relevant because when I bring my food in, um, I have a little my little selection of condiments because I can't carry my food and carry the condiments that go with it. So I have been trying Tesco's own brand salad cream, which is absolute shit. So I am back if with Heinz salad cream because that stuff is the the absolute best. But you can only have that with jacket potatoes when you're having tuna with it. And then uh, I've uh, found a new source, which is stunning. I used to get this jalapeno one, but it's Tesco's Pret. Um, it's a Pret che- um, ketchup thing. It's it's about. 99p a thing. I bought eight of them last time, and I got another eight on my shopping list this time. Chopped up jalapeno in that, and they oh. used to have a relish one that they did by Branston, I think. It was a hot jalapeno relish. But as for the actual thing, I don't really have tomato sauce unless I'm eating fish fingers or chip um, chips from the chippy, because it is 90% sugar, and I'm trying to avoid sugar. But I think tomato sauce, you can get away with having other brands of tomato sauce, but you can't get away with having other brands of salad cream because they're usually shit. You didn't expect an answer like that, did you? Nose up. No, I don't think she did. I think she was just expecting... He! It's a he! That's just, that rumour that knows there was a she, he's confirmed it's... I don't know where it came from. Well, I, I think... I'm not sure whether it's an alien, he or a she. Didn't They didn't let that go. But definitely, there you go. All right, and we'll have another a proper football question for Mark now, which is from Gem- Gemini Jedi. Why didn't we sign Coutinho on loan? Yeah, I'm actually just following the uh, the scores as we go, and I can see that yeah, Villa are free to up at half time against Leeds, and and Coutinho's got two assists. So um, it's one of those ones where he could have gone to Villa and flopped. And we're going to be like, oh, dodge a bullet. But yeah, he seems to be pulling up trees. Then. And you've got to remember that he's he's got this he's got this affinity with Steven Gerrard, isn't he? That uh, he Gerrard's really going to get the best out of him. And I think that yeah, I'm not sure if he had come to Arsenal and done it. And we've got we've got Erdogan. And Erdogan is so underrated for me. Like he he's a quality quality player. He's young. Uh, if we'd have got Coutinho in, he. I don't think Coutinho would have been content to step on the bench and to stay on the bench and Erdogan would be playing as much. And uh, we really need to, I think we need to appreciate what we've got with Erdegaard. He is a very, very good player. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think we're missing out too much with, with Coutinho. We've, we've got, we've got good players in that position. Um, and also Spurs, uh, Spurs have happened to one also. Hopefully Spurs can drop points, please. 
Well, there we go. Oh, Danny's added another question, so that'll be for Danny from Phil Macker. So, so Dan, if you were a cartoon character, which one would you be? Oh, he's put Danny would be Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> you look a bit like them. I was oh dear. Um, do I get to choose which? I don't. I don't like. Um, I would say um... everyone gets to choose because this show's been a bit of a car crash with internet and technical difficulties. <laughs> so why not? I like the dog from Family Guy. What one is? I can't remember what his name is. No, I, I don't watch cartoons. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. You do not know any of their names. I do watch. I do download The Simpsons and Family Guy. But I, how is that not on Americans? How is that not on every week? It's ridiculous. They want every two or three weeks. How's that? I suppose they've got to draw them, haven't they, and make it relevant to current topics. Don't answer the question. I've answered it for myself. Um, Mark, um, Nick. As you've been asking the questions, what cartoon character would you be? And if you say any wanky bloody mang mangana or bloody anime, you're going to be on to kick you out, just like the Stokes. I don't know. I don't watch cartoons for years. I mean, I don't know. Can I be Thomas the Tank Engine or something? That'll do. That's what I used to watch when I was little. Is it's that a cartoon or not? Well, it's anime. It's not real life, is it? It's not a documentary. <laughs> well, it might be. I don't know. We have a sheltered life in Norwich. We don't really know all this real stuff that you talk of. Uh, how about you, Mark? You got an answer? Yeah, Peter Griffin for me is, is Mrs. All right, Lois. If you like a like a ginger, yeah, why not? I do. I do like the ginger ladies. If there are any ginger ladies out there, so we've got two like family that. guys and a and a train. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> train wreck, basically. That's all the episode of Family Guy where she went and got all fit recently. Scared me. Put me right off her. Uh, Nick is uh, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> who's she? He. I think it should be Elmo. The one who's got the, the gun is always trying to shoot Bugs Bunny. I only know that because during the 70s and 80s, there was bugger all to watch on TV. So the TV was on and then I used to have to watch that in black and white. Buster Keaton. The one that goes out. That's the one. Yeah, I'll have that one. I'll have. I've got the gun. I'll just have to get the big hat. I'll borrow that off Ellis. Oh, right, Nick. Do you want to, as uh, James is away, do you want to do, do the gentleman shouts out things and close the show? Yeah, go on. Then I might as well. I'll give it a go. I could probably work this out. So, You've Mark, you got before. any shout outs, gentlemen? Shout outs or nods to anyone? Uh, just you guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's been a long time coming out a brief, a brief cameo during transfer deadline day, but I've been listening to ABW since 2013, I think. That's where we started yeah. June. Yeah. 2013 and, um, brilliant people on there. I remember Danny very clearly calling, calling Jack Wilsh's, uh, is his injuries and him getting kicked to crap in his pomp. And he, and he, and he called it. He said his, his, uh, his ankles are fixed together by chewing gum and he was very right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here we are today with him sitting without a club. But no, um, no, just thank you very much, uh, the both of the pair of you for having me on. And um, yeah, I'd love to come on again. Danny, any one of the 800 Arsenal podcasts you've been on in the last two weeks you want to give a shout out to? Oh, same old Arsenal as always. They're always really good. They're doing some exciting stuff. Um, Amanda's going to be doing match day post-game shows now, so that's uh, that'll be good. But I want to I, I give a gentleman's nod to uh, all the fucking idiots who follow me on Twitter, and you know who you are. When I referred, I did a, a cheeky tweet saying, uh, poor old Kurt Zuma, cats are disgusting creatures, they shit in everyone else's garden. I mean, that's the, like a 3-2-1 dusty bin clue. 
in everyone else's garden. That means they don't shit in my garden because they're my fucking cats. I've got cats, you idiots. I had over 20 people unfollow me because I said cats are vermin. I, I saw are... that and I thought, oh, well, that's classic, Danny. And I read through yeah. your comments. I'm like, why do they take idiot. you seriously? You're obviously being a sarcastic. I mean, do yeah. they not know you? That's just who you are. But Well, some of them some of them did. They still know what you're doing. It's dogs I don't fucking like. Here we go. There's another 50 gone. <laughs> but I love cats. I've got four cats now. I've got Betty over there. And every morning, every morning, every night when I get up, I open my bedroom door and they're all sat by my bedroom door and I ask them how their day's been. And every night when I go to bed, I say, good night, babbies. Be excellent to each other. Every single night I say that. And uh, even though they are flea-ridden little shits who shit everywhere. So, ah, uh, oh, Mark says, uh, um, Mark says, uh, brilliant tweet, Danny. <laughs> and Albert says, you triggered them with a vial at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, and Nosa says, have they taken away his therapy cats? Yeah, they have the wanker. They've yeah, tried they're finding <laughs> two weeks' wages. Um, 150 grand. How many just... cats can you buy for 250 grand? About 250,000 of the furry fucks. Because no one wants them. I'll have yeah. one. I'll have a cat. I'd have... I'd have at one point, I had 12 cats because uh, Bob and Moogie both had four kittens each and I had Ken and Woody and uh, then I um, had to take them to a, a cat shelter and I gave them lots of money because Sean had just been born and we couldn't have a house full of cat shit. And now I've got four and I would have seven, but three of them died. Two got run over and one got attacked by a fox. Foxes? I can't. I've, I've no, I've no I've opinion on foxes. That's the best way to be, Nick. Um, anyone you want to say hello to, Nick, and give a little wave to? I saw oh, that you've been busy on your Twitch. Do yes, Twitch I've been busy on my Twitch playing terrible games that Danny hates. So Fucking far, Pokemon. Grow up, man. <laughs> so far, I've completed or played 110 games on Twitch, and Danny has hated every single one of them. So yep. I think we know that that means Danny is the problem. Absolutely. But yeah, I'll give a shout out to good old James Ralph Stokes and just let you know, mate, talk talk just isn't worth it, mate. Just not worth it. He has said that the next show he's gonna go downstairs and plug it in the Ethernet and he wants details of a decent mic to get. But I don't think he's gonna get one like I've got, but he might get one like you've got, Nick, because yeah, you're a bit of a cheapskate, you get stuff out of the bins. No, I've got a decent mic, I've got the same one as I got a blue yeti, the same as you. Oh fuck you then. Right, go on, close the show. At least I talk into mine properly. Days, <laughs> right? So, we've been the Burkamp Wonderland podcast transfer day show, whatever we've been. Thanks everyone for listening and sorry for the technical difficulties we've had. But what were you expecting? Uh, who should we blame it on? Ellis, fuck Ellis. Bye, everyone. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>